0: This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkness.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits.
1: It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane so hard it hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of
2: our darkest mysteries. Zane. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host, Jerry and Tracy Pauly and their dog Ninja. On Saturday, October 12th, You can catch Twisted Philly podcast live with acclaimed paranormal podcast, Hillbilly Horror Stories, at the Philadelphia Ethical Society on Rittenhouse Square in Philadelphia. The event begins around six-ish. We'll start with a meet and greet. Jeremy Collins from podcasts we listen to will be joining us as MC. Then Jerry and Tracy from Hillbilly Horror Stories will take the stage. They're coming all the way up from Kentucky to visit the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection and meet Twisted Philly listeners. After Jerry and Tracy, I'll share some of my favorite Philadelphia haunted history. Tales I haven't shared on the podcast, which will only be available at the live show. Jeremy will host an Ask Us Anything. You can even get on the mic with your own paranormal experiences if you'd like to share. There will be time to shop for merchandise. We'll have giveaways. I'll have some prizes. It's going to be a spooky good time getting everyone in the mood for Halloween. Tickets are just $20 for two live podcast shows on one night. I've got a link for tickets on Twitter and Facebook, and there's also information on Instagram. You won't want to miss this. We're going to have a blast. If you prefer to head home a little early, we'll be wrapping up before 930, so it won't be a late night. Or if you're up for spending a little time in the city, you can join me and Jeremy, Jerry and Tracy for a night out after the show. Rittenhouse Square has some of the best bars and restaurants in the city, just blocks from the Ethical Society. We can't wait to see you on the 12th.
1: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 163 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry.
0: I'm Tracy. Hey guys.
1: She sounded so happy.
0: I am so happy. I'm so happy. It's been a beautiful weekend. And on... that's a pretty laid-back weekend, actually. Good. Yeah, I hope you guys had a great weekend, too.
1: Obviously, we want to start by thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent, and it's a special week because nine eleven 11 was just a couple of days ago, and we always remember.
0: Absolutely. We'll never, ever forget that. God bless you guys. We keep you in our prayers, and thank you for keeping us safe.
1: We want to uh, make sure everybody knows that if they're struggling right now with something going on in life, that they can call the Suicide Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Or text seven four one seven four one here in the United States if you're a texter, or you can uh, obviously reach out to Tracy here myself, or even join the group and get some support that way.
0: Absolutely, always here for you guys.
1: So while we're on that subject, put some um, reestablish some rules in the group. We want everybody in the group to feel happy and comfortable and to be a safe place. That is what the group is for. And yes, we are a paranormal podcast, but that is not our intentions for the group. We, yeah, we want some paranormal stuff and we want people to to do that, but we also want people to be happy. So we pretty much allow any kind of funny memes to be posted as far as if they're not too far out of whack and, uh, you know, some uh, people that, that will tell us their what they got going on in their life right now and uh-huh. they want some some help. And that's what that that's all about. We've had some people posting some, uh, I guess you could say, inappropriate stuff. We don't allow any kind of politics, so we definitely don't allow any kind of racism or anything on the site. So those things aren't going to get deleted as soon as we see them. We would prefer you not do it to begin with. But if they get deleted, that's why. Uh, but we've also had some people say, hey, you know, I'm glad that you guys offer a place for people to... Um, talk about their issues, but some of us don't want to see all that. I get it. We can't make everybody happy, but that's going to be our platform, and that's what we choose to do with it. What we have done to try to compromise is at the beginning of when you log on to the Facebook group, after each show, like after this show tonight, Natasha always puts up a thread that is the show thread so you can respond uh, to what's what went on in that show, what you liked, what you didn't like, and you can talk about paranormal stuff. And for that week, it'll be posted at the front of the page. So if you just want to talk about paranormal and you don't want to see any issues that somebody might be having, that post right there is specifically for you. Mm-hmm. It will be nothing but paranormal. Or you can just go to our Facebook page, heavily Horror Stories. There's four or five posts every single day on there that's nothing but paranormal and horror-related videos and stuff like that. Yeah. So we keep the group kind of separate from the page in that aspect of the... Uh, the page is strictly paranormal and show. Yeah, it.
0: we want to have both uh, best worlds and we love our little group that we have. And, you know, we're just one big happy family, all sunshine and unicorns, please.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So we, we got a little later in the show, we'll talk about uh, some stuff going on, including uh, my new podcast, and we'll talk about some merchandise we've got on sale and all that. But let's jump into the story. Okay. I love doing... Lamp? S- oh, no, sorry. I didn't not- have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I not help. That's all I
1: need. Steve Carell trying to sue us. <laughs> I love stories from England. It seems like they've got some of the most awesome I stories.
0: I Isn't that right?
1: And this is one that's fairly popular. A lot of shows have done versions of this one. And um, I like it because it's got a couple of variations. Now, as usual... When we've got shows that have different variations, we'll tell you the most popular version first, and then we'll tell you a couple of little twists that might be a little bit different. So the main focus is going to be on the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. I will forego asking if you've ever heard of this because I already know what the answer will be. Mm -hmm. So I'm almost afraid to ask if you've ever heard of like what a Ford or Chevy is. Are
0: you talking to me? (laughs) Oh.
1: Who else would I be talking to? I don't know. Ninja?
0: I I thought you were talking to the listeners. And I know what a piece of Ford is. It's a piece of crap. (laughs) So there you go.
1: Great. Now, everybody who loves Ford, you've already said it. Well, sorry, y'all,
0: but every Ford I've had has been a nightmare.
1: And I've had several Fords and not had any issues. But Tracy's quick to pass judgment on vehicles. It's in Norfolk, England, and it's one of the oldest buildings in the county there. Construction was originally started in 1619, but... Apparently, they didn't have enough supplies, and they didn't have, you know, the stone and stuff. Oh, that like, so they take, couldn't finish it? So, so they just had to put the project on hold a little bit. Oh, dang. By 1622, they had enough Ketten stone now on the property to begin construction again. This was no quick project, though. Originally, the owner, Sir Roger Townsend, died in 1637. So you're talking 15 years after the construction was restarted. And at this point, it still wasn't completely finished. Apparently, there was like somebody else who had moved. One of the other owners that moved into it afterwards was like there was no ornamental stuff in it. Like it was just basically a shell. Mm -hmm. So they had the rooms and stuff, but there was like a lot of a lot of the rooms had no furniture or anything. Still in it 15 years after the construction started back on it. GE cocaine. I'm sure. I'm sure that may be pronounced different, but it's spelled. But it's spelled <laughs> C O K A Y N E. So yeah, okay. I'll say G E cocaine. Now he was a genealogist. He said that Raynham Hall was the first of its kind in England, but that's been disputed by a lot of other historians. What's not disputed is it was one of the most beautiful homes in England at the time. It was done in an Italian style that was completely different than anything else in England, which made it completely stand out. Now, most people give credit to the fact that Sir Townsend, he paid his stonemason to travel with him through Europe for 28 weeks in 1620. So he he was able to travel around and get all kinds of ideas that he wouldn't have seen back in England. The home was originally put on 7,000 acres. Wow, that's a whole bunch. And the the name Raynham Hall comes from the area it's in. So, you know how, like, New York uh, City has the boroughs, mm-hmm. And then you have provinces, like, up in Canada. Well, there's five estate villages right there, and they're all known as Raynham's, So, that's what they call each one of the little vid- oh. villages or little Rainhams, just like you would a borough. That's good New to York. know. The Townsend family, who owned the property from the very beginning, still owns it 400 years later.
0: Oh! <gasps> How cool is that? Way. That's so cool.
1: Now, as far as the brown lady, the first sighting of her was at a Christmas party in 1835. Lord Charles Townsend, uh, he's the one who put on the party. And we'll talk about another Charles Townsend later, but it's not the same one. I wonder what
0: their parties were like back in the day.
1: Oh, I can't imagine. Partying like what's 1835. Oh. I can't imagine. There I, would be, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure they had somebody sitting around with a fiddle mm-hmm. and, you know, just playing some music or something like that. And there was people dancing
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there's probably cornbread everywhere. I don't, I don't know. It oh, just doesn't seem, like, cool, seem like it would be, I mean, obviously it was fun for them because they didn't know, any know anything different, else. But yeah. looking back now with everything that we have right. given to us, it probably wouldn't have seemed like much fun to most people. Cause like when I watch Little House on the Prairie <gasps> and I see some of the stuff that they do on that show. And that they consider to be fun, I'm like, oh man!
0: Look, Paul Ingalls can play the fiddle with no shirt on and his suspenders any day of the week for me.
1: Did he play the fiddle on there?
0: He played the fiddle Might a see. bunch.
1: Figures, figures.
0: So don't be hating.
1: Right. Hey. Well, anyways, this there was no Paul Ingalls here. I'm yeah. assuming because there's a little but bit. But you
0: know, it is interesting to kind of figure out about how they did things back in the day for entertainment.
1: Probably watch Netflix. I doubt it. Netflix and chill. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So like I said, we're going to get into the other Lord Charles Townsend later in the show because you know how these names get passed on. So the bunch of the guests were spending the night at this house because it was huge. So they were just going to stay there. Two of the guests, Lucia Stone and Colonel Loftus, had just finished playing a game of chess. Mm -hmm. So I think I just said chess. Chess. But it's chess. Chess, uh-huh. They played the a game of chess. So that shows you how wild this party was. Right. They're at a party and they're playing chess. Yeah. They decided to call it a night. They started making their way to their sleeping quarters and they saw something that neither expected. Standing in a doorway was a woman wearing a brown dress that looked dated. That's what drew their attention. There wouldn't have been unusual. Dated dis- from 1836? Well, dated just means that. It was from way before that time.
0: <laughs> it's just hard to wrap your mind around that.
1: <laughs> well, people did wear dresses before that. I guess so. That. True story. I forgot that's when clothes were invented. <laughs> Sorry. Breaking news. Clothes were invented in 1836. So anyways, they see this woman. She's got a, she's got an old dress on. So it stands because it wouldn't have been unusual to see a woman up there. Yeah. But the dress is what stood out. She disappeared as soon as both men saw her. Just,
0: just disappeared vanished. instantly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So they were both freaked out as you can imagine. The next night though, Colonel Loftus saw her again. This time he was able to get a little bit better look at her. He said she was a genteel woman with aristocratic bearing. Can't tell you how many times I've said that about a woman.
0: I'm not sure I even know what that means. Well,
1: it just means she was basically a white woman and that she had um she looked sophisticated. Oh. Why didn't you say that? Well, because that's the way he spoke back then, and I'm not going to put words in his mouth. (laughs) So here's the kicker, though. Her face was glowing, but she had no eyes. Oh. So she just kept bumping into walls. I'm just kidding. I made that up. There were just black holes there where her eye sockets were. And he said it looked very intimidating. So he went back to his room. And there's a painting on the wall that was in his room, and he's like, that's her. Mm -hmm. That's who I saw. The next sighting was going to be the following year, in 1836. Because Colonel Loftus and Lucia Stone, I guess their story started kind of making its way around, there was an interest in what was going on. Could there really be a ghost at Raynham Hall? That's what everybody was starting to wonder. And Frederick Marriott wanted to see this for himself. Now, he was a Royal Navy captain. He was also an author, but he was also a very huge skeptic when it came to ghosts and stuff. He thought the story was completely made up by smugglers to keep people away. Because this was where they were hiding their stash and they just didn't want... That's some Scooby-Doo stuff. Yeah, it is. He came here with a group of hunters... And he tried to prove his theory. Now, part of the group of hunters he had were two nephews of the Townsends. So they were related. He gets to stay in the same room with that same painting that Loftus stayed in the year before. He might have been a skeptic, but he wasn't taking any chances. He kept a loaded gun under his pillow just in case. So nothing happened on the first two nights he was there. The third night, though, completely different. He turned in for the night, basically. So he's in his room. He's starting to get undressed. He is in an under—it's called—he's in an undershirt and a pair of trousers. Mm-hmm. Which, when I hear the description, it makes me think like long johns mm-hmm. is what I'm thinking. Two men knock on the door. It was the two men from the hunting party. Party the the two nephews from Lord Townsend. They said they just got this new gun in from London, and they wanted him to come out and check it out, and their room was all the way at the other end of the hallway. So, even though he's partially dressed, he gets up, and he goes with them. He starts to leave the room, and then he kind of stops, and he says, I better get my gun, in case I see the brown lady, and they're just joking, they're having a good time, yucking it up. So, they get the other man's room, and they inspect the gun, and they decide to come back. You know, he's getting ready to leave the room, so the other guys they're playing along. They're like, "Well, we better follow you back to the room in case the brown lady shows up." So they all leave. They're walking down this long, dark hallway. And keep in mind, it's completely dark now because they've got candlelight and stuff. It's before electricity, uh, and they got the candlelight and stuff. And they've blown out all the candles, so it's right. just dark in there. Mm-hmm. So they get to about the middle of the hallway. And all three men can see a faint light coming from the other end. It appears to be a lantern. It was coming towards them. So it freaked him out a little bit. One of the guys finally could make it out that it was a woman. And he said he thinks it was one of the ladies going to visit the nursery. And this was one of the ladies from their party that, that were there staying with them. Well, I told you that he basically was in... Long johns and, a, and another yeah. shirt, uh-huh. which doesn't seem like much today. But back then, that would have been completely unsuitable to be dressed in front of a lady. So what they did was I, I kind of explained how this place was laid out. So a lot of these old places, they, you had your bedroom door. But then they had like another door in front of it, mm-hmm. so you had a you had a door you would open.
0: Oh, I know, I remember, I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: you'd had a door you'd open, a little small space, and then another door,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that's the way this place was. And the bedrooms kind of faced the doors faced each other. So what happened was, him he, he decides to duck behind one of these initial doors, so he's in the little small waiting room, but behind the the outer doors, and then the inner door that would have went to a bedroom. So he just ducks in there, and then the other two guys did the same thing. I don't think they were in the same, uh, but they might have been. I just know they all they followed suit after he did it. Now he's in a situation where he can peep out through, I guess, the crack of the door to be able to see her coming. They just figured hey when, they, when she gets past us, then you know, we can come back out. They just basically didn't want to be, want to be seen. As she got closer. Marriott notices that she looks a lot like the woman that's in the painting in his room. He's getting ready to confront her. He's already got his mind made up. He's going to get out and say, What's up? Come see about it. That's a Kentucky <laughs> reference. Somebody I get it. He had his finger on the trigger of his gun, he was ready. Before he could jump out, though, the brown lady turns, looks right where the guys were hiding. So I guess they were in the same door. She brought the lantern up to her face so you could see her face. He says, his words, she grinned a malicious and diabolical manner at him. That's what he says. So Marriott jumps out from behind the door. He points the gun right in her face and fires. Oh. She instantly disappeared. The bullet went through the outer door and lodged into the inner door of the bedroom that was across the hall. All three guys saw this, supposedly. Now, there would be other sightings in in upcoming years, but I thought we'd take a second now to talk about who the Brown Lady is or who people think she is. Most believe that the Brown Lady is the ghost of Dorothy Townsend. Dorothy was born Lady Dorothy Walpole in 1686. Her brother was supposedly the first Prime Minister of Great Britain. She fell in love with Lord Charles Townsend. This is a different Lord Charles Townsend than the one who threw the party, obviously, because there's about 150 years difference. Oh, dang, yeah.
0: I wonder if they were related. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were. Okay.
1: So Lord Charles Townsend went to her father, and he asked for her hand in marriage. He really loved her. Her father, though, Robert Walpole, he refused. And this was mainly because he was also... Charles's guardian Lord Charles's guardian at the time Mm -hmm. and he didn't want it to look like that he was taking advantage of his guardianship basically putting his this guy with his daughter and making him wed so he just said it's probably better for both of us looks wise if you just move on so Charles painstakingly moved on and he married Elizabeth Pelham Elizabeth died though in 1711 and that left Lord Charles with five children.
0: That's a bunch.
1: It is. So he, at that point, hooked back up with Dorothy and married her in 1713. Get out of here. Yep. So I guess at this point, he didn't have to ask.
0: wonder why she or. died.
1: I don't know. Unimportant to the story, though.
0: But he ended up marrying the girl he wanted to marry in the yep. beginning. Well, good for two, him.
1: Two years after uh, Elizabeth died. I wonder if he ever did, like, on, uh, on uh, Sanford and Son and kept... It's a big one, Elizabeth. I'm coming to see you. Every time Dorothy pissed him off. <laughs> you think? I don't know. Could be. But now, you know, there's a, a famous quote that says, what somebody doesn't know won't hurt them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, there's another one that says what they find out could get you killed. Yeah. Well, that's kind of along the direction that we're going to go in here. So we talked about the Hellfire Clubs on a couple of different episodes on here. We're going whole one on one. And Lord... Wharton was one of the original founders of the Hellfire Club. Now, what does he have to do with anything as far as what we're talking about tonight? Well, during that time that Lord Charles and Dorothy were split up, back when he was refused marriage and went and and married Elizabeth, during that time, Dorothy had a little fling with Lord Wharton. Charles apparently had had a temper. This was something that was... Uh, known going into it. He had a prob- problems, I think, with his first wife, Elizabeth, with temper. And now they are married, and it shouldn't have even been an issue. But he finds out about her little tryst with Lord Wharton.
0: Dang, man, you can't get away with nothing,
1: <laughs> even back in the day. <laughs> it was not pretty. He decided that as punishment, and it's not even punishment, really, because it shouldn't even matter. They weren't together. Oh, yeah. You know, it would not like she cheated on him.
0: Well, yeah, what's up with
1: that? He was married to somebody else, and that was an issue.
0: Okay, (laughs) duh.
1: He decided that he was going to keep her locked into various rooms in this big-ass house, and on top of that, she was not allowed to see the children.
0: Come on now. Why didn't the children say something about that?
1: I don't know. And and I don't know if they had any children together either. So he had five children from his previous marriage. Yeah. They could have been those five. I don't know if they had any more. I didn't see anything on that. But that was the case until Dorothy died from smallpox in 1726. They got married in 1711 or 1713. And 13 years later, she died. Now, I don't know when this took place and when supposedly she was held captive all this time yeah. I don't it, but it could have been almost immediately I'm not sure about Aww, the dates. Oh, that's sad. Now this is where the different variations start coming in. I told you there's a couple. The version we just told is the most common story, but some say that she died from a broken neck after falling or being pushed down some steps rather than smallpox. Then there's another group of people who say that the funeral that was held in 1726 was a facade it was fake, and she died years later, and that was just his way of making like- people thinking that she was gone. Oh, my goodness. There's some who even think that the whole story's made up, and Lord Charles never imprisoned her to begin with. So... Nobody really knows. Wonder which one it
0: is. I mean, surely if he locked her up and he had all those kids, one of those kids would have said something. It's the seventeen hundreds
1: kids knew back then that was it was don't talk unless you are spoken to, and you wouldn't disobey your parents back in the seventeen hundreds like that. It wouldn't like there was a bunch of James Deans running around back then. It's the way it was. So Lord Charles died in seventeen thirty eight. So now we know about. Approximately, who everybody thinks the brown lady might be. So let's talk about a few more sightings and maybe the most famous ghost picture ever taken. Some of the same names may be confusing in this story, but keep in mind that the Townsends have owned this property for 400 years. Mm-hmm. So you're going to hear the name Townsend a lot, and it's going to be different people. So we started off telling you about the Christmas party thrown by Lord Charles, and obviously this was almost 100 years later. Uh, than the other trolls that the mm-hmm. trolls had already passed away a hundred years before that.
0: I'm sure the entertainment got better.
1: <laughs> I, would, I would hope so. <laughs> so in 1926, now we're 90 years after that. After that, uh, the the initial sightings. Lady Townsend said that her son and his friend saw the brown lady on a staircase. Just quick. That mm-hmm. was all it was.
0: Just a little real quick sighting. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. all there
1: was. Not not really any details or anything other than that. But the most famous of all the appearances would be on September 19th, 1936. We're coming up on that anniversary. We're only a couple of days away. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of photographers from a magazine called Country Life Magazine, they were going to come out and do an expose on the home, for, you know, as it, and do an article and stuff on it. Captain Hubert Provind and his assistant, Indri Shira, they spent the day wandering around Raynham Hall, taking pictures of everything and anything they could because the place is strictly beautiful and it's huge, so mm-hmm. it, it was an all-day affair. They had taken several pictures and decided to finish up with the Grand Staircase. They took one picture, supposedly, this is according to their story, and they were getting ready to, for a second one. Keep in mind, this was one of those old cameras that had the hood on the back of it so you would put your head... Under oh, it under it. Lo- oh, yeah, under, under the... the hood, and look through. Oh, and then you had the little remote you would have in your hand. Or Did the... it
0: make a poof go off?
1: I don't think it was that. It wasn't that old of a camera. Oh, but it had the one where you would press a button and it would take a picture mm-hmm. and activate the flash. That was a separate flash. The lens caps on, and and we'll talk about some discrepancies a little bit later. So the lens caps on. Okay, they know that's not how it works, right? I understand that, and that's why I said we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Proven's head is underneath the hood. is actually holding the flash mm-hmm. thing, the, the button to push for the flash. And he says, Shira, that he sees a vapory form gradually turning into a woman coming down the stairways. So, he tells Proven to hurry up take the lens cap off as quickly as possible. He takes the lens cap off. He flashes the picture quick. Lickety-split. This picture would become one of the most famous paranormal pictures in history. It's also one of the most controversial ones ever taken, and for several reasons. Country Life Magazine published the story and the picture on December 26, 1937. And then Life Magazine uh, reposted the picture a week later on January 4th of 1937. So we talked about Harry Price before mainly on the uh, Borley Rectory show. Very well-known paranormal investigator at the time, uh, and he was the go-to man in the 30s when it came to something like this. He took an interest in it, obviously, after seeing the pictures, and he invited himself in, much the way the Warrens do, and he said, and I quote, I will say at once I was impressed. He said he was told about the story, from the two guys, and he couldn't shake the story and had no right to disbelieve them. He said the only con- uh, the only collusion between the two men would account for the ghost if it is a fake. He said that the negative is entirely innocent of any faking. So he's convinced this is 100% it's a real real thing. Time. But as far as the controversy goes, there's many reasons to believe that the pick or the story was not genuine. Now, for example, you touched on it Right there. Why do you have your head under there to take a picture? If you're getting ready to shoot a second picture to begin with, why do you have the lens cap on? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know enough about old cameras. Maybe there was a reason why you had to do it for maybe you had to put it on to keep light from coming in while you mm-hmm. change the uh film or something. I don't know. Maybe oh, that's that's not a
0: good guess.
1: So maybe somebody tell me. But That was the first thing that went through my mind. Why do you have the lens cap on Mm -hmm. if you're going to take the picture? Also, people think that it it could just be an accident, that maybe some light just accidentally got in. It caused the, the picture to look funny. But most people seem to think that it was a hoax perpetrated by the two men. Here's why. They think it's possible that a small amount of grease could have been smeared on the lens to make it look like, hey, here's the stairway and here's a little image that'll make it look like, you know, a see-through blob or something on there. So that's what some people think it was. But most seem to think that it was a carefully crafted double exposure. John Fairley and Simon Welfare, they were two investigators. They noticed at the picture, and then I said, we'll post this picture so everybody will be able to see it. But they noticed that there's a very pale line at the top and the bottom of the image and you can see it like on the stairway. Cause obviously so right above the stairs on the top and the bottom below the stairs, you'll see this very pale line. So that would look like that one picture was superimposed mm-hmm. over another.
0: Were they able to do that back in the day?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, so we got that. Okay. So there's another picture possibly superimposed. But what is the picture of most people seem to think that it looks like a statue of the Virgin Mary, uh, you know, the statue you've seen, everybody's yeah. seen it. They're yeah. all, you know, the Virgin Mary standing there mm-hmm. with her hands in the, mm-hmm. the little ro- uh, dress thing mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Okay. The thing of it is, is, if you look at this thing closely, it looks like that they, she's got her hands in a praying motion Mm-hmm. The dress is in a V-shaped garment like you would see on all those statues. And if you look really closely, there's even a square block at the bottom that looks like it could be a base. There was a magician over in the United States by the name of John Booth. He said that he thought he could duplicate that same picture just doing something naturally, without doing any superimposing or anything. And what he was able to do was he and a magician by the name of Ron Wilson, not the Ron Wilson we know, the Ron mm-hmm. Wilson he had Ron Wilson cover himself up in a bed sheet and walked down the grand staircase at the magic castle in Hollywood. And the picture that he took looked very similar to the picture that was in Raymond hall. Mm-hmm. And you could imagine that too. If you had a, if you had a sheet over top of you, like, you know, most kids dress up for Halloween with a ghost and you held your hand out a little bit, it would probably would look similar to what the Virgin Mary statue also. So that was one of the things that had taken place that, kind of disproved it but there are still many people who believe that this is a real picture is there a brown lady well if you ask lord raynham he thinks there is he says she isn't here to haunt the house but she is still here and i'm glad she's around so that's something from local now she hasn't supposedly been seen since the day of that picture Now keep in mind we only we've only talked we've talked about every sighting which was what four Two the first night, or uh, two the very first two nights. Mm-hmm. And then you had one the following year. And then you had the lady saw, her son saw, and then the picture one. Yeah. If the picture one even happened. So there's only four sightings over the course of 400 years. She's due, I would think, for
0: yeah, I'm sure she is.
1: So while she hasn't been seen a ton at Random Hall, she has been seen at some other places. For example... She has shown up at Sandringham House, which is up the road. I think it's, if I remember correctly, it was about eight miles up the road. But that's the house that she lived in with her father and all that before yeah. she moved, got married and moved to Rainham Hall. Prince of Wales, George the Fourth, he stayed there one night. I don't know what year this was. I didn't see that. But he had the crap scared out of him there. So he woke up one night, and he said she was sitting at the foot of his bed. He supposedly got up and left immediately, and he said, I will not spend another hour in this accursed house, for tonight I have seen that which I hope to God I never see again.
0: I bet if she was massaging his feet, he wouldn't say that. Probably not. Probably not. That's
1: what, that's what happens, though. So what about Raynham Hall? Are there other hauntings at Raynham Hall besides the infamous brown lady? The well, answer is yes.
0: I was going to say, I'm sure there has to be. <laughs> She ain't going to be hunting all by herself.
1: I'm glad I asked that question for you. (laughs) (laughs) So people have reported seeing two children, not sure who they are, a Cocker Spaniel. Nice. And the Duke of Monmouth. There's a really short, but I thought kind of funny story about him. So this older woman, she was described as an elderly spinster. She spent the night at Raynham Hall, and she said that the Duke of Monmouth paid her a visit In her bedroom. She said she liked it and found it very flattering. Hmm.
0: (laughs) Okay, TMI. I don't
1: don't know if she had a Bobby Brown experience or not. (laughs) This last part I'm going to add and complete disclosure on this. We love Haunted Places by Parcast. We've done some advertising for Uh them, and it's one of our favorite shows. They did an awesome episode on this one. I would advise anybody to go go listen to it. It's Uh completely different than ours. Yeah. Um, But there was a story that I couldn't find anywhere else. I'm going to paraphrase it because I couldn't find proof anywhere other than their story. But they have a lot bigger Research staff than we have, <laughs> and a little a little more money behind <laughs> Good
0: it. Good for them. So I'm
1: going to assume the story is is accurate, or mm-hmm. it's at least and out there somewhere. So, like I said, I don't remember the names and everything on here, except for well, it's really not important. And might, anyway,s let me jump into it. I'm just babbling now. So supposedly, after the date, the pictures was taken. Shira, Andrew Shira. Was like in his dark room just focused on this picture about what, what came out. He was so surprised by it. And then a couple of days later he was like, you know what? I can't keep dwelling on this. I've got, you know, work to do. And he had a photo session set up with a lady Thornton. So he goes to lady Thornton's house. She's got this dog. And I think the dog was a cocker spaniel or something that, you know, smaller Mm -hmm. dog. He says, when he comes in, he sets the camera up. The dog just barks nonstop at the camera, constantly barking at it. She picks the dog up and she wants a picture of her and the dog. And uh, he's like, okay, you know, he goes take a picture. But the this whole time this dog snarling at him and all this stuff, what she said, the dog never does. Well, he finally gets the picture. She's like, just, you know, this dog's not going to stop. So just take the picture. So he takes yeah. the picture. So she's telling him to go ahead and take the picture. She's holding this dog. And the dog basically pees all over her. She's disgusted. She lays the dog down. She goes to change her clothes. And the dog starts having like some kind of seizure or something. So he walks past the dog that's just just laying there. Mm. Fainting and all that. And he leaves. And he's developing the pictures and all that stuff. Something looked really weird in the pictures. So he goes to the house a couple days later. He goes to the house. And a man answers the door that he doesn't recognize. And he's like, who are you? And the guy says, I'm a taxidermist. He's like, well, why are you you know why are you a taxidermist i mean why are you here why, why is the taxidermist here and he's like well her dog passed away
2: Aww.
0: and
1: she wanted to have him taxidermied and he's like oh well that's sad but why are you answering the door not one of the servants he said they're all at a funeral and he said they're all at a funeral she's like yeah lady thornton passed away also
0: no her
1: heart stopped. so then he's thinking oh well maybe there's something up with his camera so he hurries up to make sure his partner, Proven, is not taking the camera to go take pictures with. Because he thinks now something's messed up with his camera. Yeah. As far as, you know, cursed or something. So he goes, gets back to the his shop, and he walks in. And Indri's eight-year-old son is there taking basically selfies with the camera. Oh, crap. And that's kind of where they left it off at. No. Well, he says that, but well, it wasn't exactly where he left it off. He says that um, he could see the image of the brown lady, like, in between the camera and the sun. Oh. Just standing there. But then that's where he left it.
0: Then he at, left so. it at
1: that. So, like I said, I, I couldn't find that anywhere else. And that's full credit to uh, to Haunted Places because that's actually their story. But mm-hmm. they'll tell it a lot better than what I told. But I thought it was interesting and I wanted to add it to the story.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's so crazy. Poor puppy
1: doggy. So, Okay. So that finishes our story of the week. So a couple of things. First and foremost, this coming weekend, I am going to be at the Mothman Festival on Sunday, which is what, the 20-something, 20, uh, 20 23rd, 22nd, I don't know, whatever next Sunday is. I'll be at the Mothman Festival from 12 to 4, so if any of you guys are, are going to be out there anyway, stop out and you know send me a message on uh, Facebook or something. Tracy will not be there. So Mm -hmm. that means probably nobody will come see me.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's not true.
1: But, yeah, Tracy's got something else going on. She's going to be a great wolf lodge with our granddaughter for her birthday, so she can't make it. I didn't know I was making it until literally yesterday. Oh,
0: literally. I know you, like, just decided yesterday. Yeah. Because
1: I didn't know what was going on Mm -hmm. Sunday or I would have been out there. But we've got the Point Pleasant show two weeks later. Uh So shameless lead in. So the Point Pleasant show is two weeks later, so I I can go um, basically hand out some flyers and talk to some people and... Yeah. And be cool. So, anyways, that's going on. Twisted Philly and our shows are combining for an October 12th Philadelphia live show. You heard the commercial for that at the Uh very beginning.
0: Excited about that.
1: Very cool. And let's see iTunes reviews Big Dog EMT.
0: Thank you for your service, sir.
1: Rock. Ratch. I think it's Ratch Rack 3. Nero Zen, Halloween Holly, C. Spidey, 1011. Ann and Ree. Dazed and are dazed for days. That's a shout out to Charlie and Cody.
0: What up, get? Charlie and Cody?
1: Cody the Water Boy, Layman. <laughs> Magravo, 2018. All Might and Mama, 88. And Joshua the hairy beast
0: and just how hairy are you joshua
1: we don't need to see those pictures i'll take your word <laughs> for it <laughs> uh, and, and keep in mind these reviews help us out tremendously yes, they, so they we don't do. we don't say it as much as we probably need to but yeah if you can leave a review on itunes apple podcast whatever they're calling it these days that helps us out a lot so yes we yeah, so appreciate we'll
0: really it. appreciate them too
1: speaking of helping us out a lot patreons Always Never Write. That's a fun podcast, so if you're not listening, go listen to that. Dennis Gates, Sheila Perkins, Jessica Wilson, Tiffany Boots, Stuart Jackson, and Philip McCart. Thank you guys because you guys are the reasons that we're able to do the live shows and stuff like that. We've said on here a bunch of times that the live shows barely pay for themselves. You guys are what pays for the travel to and from hotel rooms and all that stuff. That's why we're able to do that. So yeah, thank,
0: thank you. you. We appreciate you guys. Really such a... An amazing thing that you guys do for us.
1: We yep, love we, you. We do. We absolutely do love you. So I've got a couple of things that I want to announce. Um, I've, I've been saying there was some info to get out to you guys, and I haven't I haven't cleared 100% the whys, but I'll give you the what you guys can look for. Sometime in October, I don't have an exact date yet, but sometime in October we are going to add a midweek bonus version for Hillbilly Horror Stories on our regular feed. So it's going to be free, just like the regular show. Mm -hmm. Here's the changes we're going to make and how it's going to benefit you guys. Some of you do not like when we do interviews and such on the show. You just want to hear the main story we're doing. Understandable. On the Sunday show, that's all it will be once we start doing that. So you'll get the show just like tonight. We'll do the Patreon and stuff, and that'll be the end of it. On the Wednesday show, we will have a little bit of ghost story stuff, probably be like a 10 or 15 minute episode. It's not going to be full length, but then we will have an interview with somebody. It could be authors. It could be uh, ghost hunters, could be psychics. But the interviews that we normally would do will now be an every week thing on that midweek show. So if you like that, you'll still get a little bit of a paranormal story. And then we'll do that, and then our regular show on Sunday, so you're gonna get two episodes a week. So how about that?
0: Sounds good to me?
1: I know because you probably won't do any of the interviews.
0: oh <laughs> well, I participate
1: but we've made a lot of good contacts, and I think this is going to be really fun mm-hmm. so and like yes. I said if if people like the interviews, there you go, and if you don't like it, just you can just listen to the Sunday episode, but I think you guys will keep it fun so you guys like both of them. yeah, it.
0: good, good job
1: now. With that being said, we did the um, uh, Amanda's Take a while back. People, uh, Some people loved it. Some people hated it. And we've decided to branch off. Amanda and I have started our own podcast. It's called Warning, You Will Be Offended. It has officially been released. It has been approved on iTunes, so you can find it everywhere. If you like that kind of comedy, keep in mind that is not hillbilly horror story type comedy completely uh different there's cursing there's all kinds of uh crazy sexual stories all that stuff i don't mean like sexual like we're talking about sex but like stories in the news what we do we just basically take some crazy stories from the news and we have fun with it and talk about it so that is out if you guys liked amanda's take i think you'll like this all we have is a preview episode up and the original or first episode i should say will come out october 2nd so go subscribe today and then you'll be um notified as soon as the new episode comes out as far as our merchandise we got a couple of cool things going we've got mugs on sale for this week so there's about three or four different styles of mugs if you go to our group and our fan page i post it links so you can just uh, go right to the ones that are on sale but there are a couple there's different prices so some of them are are a little less expensive than the others but uh, that's something you could do but the other big thing That we're doing on our uh, website, we've added a page, and it's called H H H. I'm sorry, that's Tim's H H. (laughs) That's my little joke for Tim. (laughs) What H H S suggestions? We have linked up with Amazon, and now if you buy any products on our uh, website through uh, amazon that we've got listed on there we actually get a portion of the proceeds it doesn't cost you anymore it's the regular price but we get a portion of it and that's just another way we're trying to uh branch out so we've got three sections on there right now we've got books so it's about six paranormal books that we think you guys might like all different prices then i've got paranormal uh basically investigating equipment we've got everything from tarot cards to ouija boards to the EMF detectors, and uh, even a nice camera that's got the uh, night vision and all that to it. And then uh, the last one is some clothing. So we got some, like, hoodies and sweatshirts and stuff that are like Michael Myers and stuff like that. None of this stuff is heavily horror story stuff. It's just other stuff. So I hope you guys will check that out and uh, get some of that stuff and help us you can support the show that way. And the cool thing is, this is what I'm told anyway, There are links to Amazon, just regular Amazon, all over our website. And if you click on one of those, like let's say you were going to go buy something from Amazon anyway, some clothes or whatever, jewelry. If you go to our website and click on the link to go to Amazon and then log in and buy, supposedly we get a portion of that too. So if you're going to shop on Amazon anyway, go through our website and uh, you can support the show without spending any extra money. True that. You've been extremely quiet. I was
0: just listening to you ramble.
1: He was making some weird faces and stuff, too. Then. Oh,
0: no. That's you know how, roll, doing face <laughs> exercises.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, that's the show for this week. That's been a bunch of news to throw on y'all at once. But we're getting close to the Point Pleasant and the show. Oh, I guess I should probably mention this. This is a kind of a big one. We canceled the New York show. So, now the Philly show is the only one if you live in New York. Uh, The only time we're coming up East is going to be Philadelphia and we're not going to come up East next year either. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, next year we're going to, all the shows are going to be a little closer to home except for a Chicago show we're going to put together. Yeah. But everything we're not, the the far trips are just too much on us right now. And um, so we probably won't be able to, but the New York show just for whatever reason, we had to make a commitment to the venue and it was going to be a nice little fee to get that venue. And we had, we had to cancel on it within 30 days of the show and uh, unfortunately, ticket sales weren't exactly what we wanted it to be, and we just had to make a decision and uh, refund back money to anybody who bought tickets. So I apologize about that. We've never had to do that before,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, it's the only show that we've had that didn't look like it was going to sell out for whatever yeah. reason, and wasn't even close. I don't I don't know I don't know if it was maybe location or or whatever, but that's uh, kind of a big one. So we don't have that one, but we do still have the Philly show. There's some tickets available for that, and uh, we just did a price drop on tickets. So now the tickets are $20 instead of 25 a piece just to try to make it a little bit easier on people. So there we go.
0: Sounds good.
1: So get your tickets for Point Pleasant. Come see us in Philly. And we love you guys, and we'll see you next week.
0: Have a great week, guys. We love you.
1: Are you sick of everybody being so sensitive these days?
0: No matter what you say, everyone gets offended.
1: Then we've got the podcast for you. I'm Jerry. I'm Amanda.
0: And we're the hosts of Warning You Will Be Offended.
1: A podcast with no filter. If you're offended easily, this is not the podcast for you. We can't even talk about most of the topics on this promo. You won't want to miss Amanda's Fact of the Week. Ooh, can I tell them about torso porn? Absolutely not. Can I tell them what color whale poop is? No. So subscribe today to Warning You Will Be Offended.
2: It's pink! Damn it!